We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, Tyler here. When you're Chinese like me, you don't have a lot to work with, if you know what I mean. Like the game of football, every inch matters. That's why I use the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 to trim my Darren Sproles. It's a great tool to clear up all your AstroTurf. Maybe you can trim it down to look like a field goal post. That way, if Michael Badgley ever tries to kick you, he'll miss every time. Use the code GUILTY at checkout on manscaped.com to receive 20% off your next order. Enjoy the ride. Hey, Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. We had a little technical difficulties earlier, so uh, we do apologize. This is going to be a relatively short and quick episode. Uh, just want to start off by saying a big fuck you to Kareem Jackson, you dirty piece of shit. Uh, you know, I uh, just cannot believe that the referees missed that one and let him continue playing in the game. Anyways, that's besides the point. Joining me as always are Tyler and Alex. Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I would like to apologize uh, for technical difficulties because I apparently uh, I pulled the secondary today, so that that's on me. It's all good. It's all good, man. Tyler, how are you doing? We should have ejected him, just like the Broncos. Or no, excuse me, the whatever. The what am I trying to say? Ah, dang it, Alex, you made a start over. Now I lost all my train of thought. We should eject you because you suck. You know what? You should have let the Chinese guy take care of it. Wouldn't have been a problem. All right. Gosh, everything worked well today, except for the end of that game. Game neighbors caught a touchdown. Everything worked, except Alex. Freaking Philly. It's true. It's oh, true. I'm doing great. <laughs> cool, Tyler. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, that was that game sucked, man. And uh, you know, we already recorded an episode, but we're doing it again. So, um, 
this is this is fun, man. But it's all right. Let so let's talk about this. You know, the Chargers are in this situation again. You know, we we before we we stopped recording, like we were talking about how this game really just felt so eerily similar to the Tennessee Titans game from last year. And you know, I know everybody's going to be mad about the coaches, but to their credit they did solve a lot of their issues. The offensive line today played fantastic. Uh, they held Melvin Gordon under wraps, thankfully, because I think if he had had a big game, that would have been insufferable. Um, but it's just this defense, man. You, it was an unacceptable performance. Uh, it just sucked from start to finish. You know, outside of like the, the end of the second quarter, everything else just was not fun today. Um, those are kind of my main takeaways. Tyler, what about you? Uh, well, what did I already say earlier? <laughs> My main takeaways are that Brian Bulaga returned and Cole Turner was toner was injected into the starting lineup and the running game was great. They averaged 5.5 yards per carry. I know that because I looked at it earlier and already had to say this. Um, everyone rushed for, excuse me, not everyone. Justin Jackson, 5.2 yards per carry. Troy Mopot, 6.7. Joshua Kelly, 4.6. Justin Herbert, 7.0. That's a great rushing performance. The Chargers yeah. needed it. They got their guys back. Anthony Lynn should be credited for it, and that's why he shouldn't be fired. I'm kidding, but they did a really good job in Denver. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember an offensive performance like this in Denver um, ever under Telesco. To be completely honest, I don't remember the last time they walked into Denver and just whooped ass. Um, I know they shut out Denver at home once, uh, but that's it. So, other than that, uh, the secondary was kind of shit. Uh, the refs were even worse. I wish that you know some of these games were decided by refs, but it happens i'm okay sorry it wasn't decided by refs but there were certainly moments of the game that were altered or changed because of the refs. heavily influenced by refs. heavily heavily influenced including the safety of the players if i mean watching some of these guys take shots from the from the fourth string now probably third string running back to you know the, the starting quarterback guys were taking shots to the face um and that was clearly fine for the refs but you know a little ticky-tacky defensive pass interference here and there, a little bit of a nice shove, late hit out of bounds. Well, that was that was above and beyond. It was too much for the refs to handle. So, you know, the Chargers deserve 98% of the blame for this loss, but the refs really fucked them over on the other 2%. Yeah, I agree on the refs thing. It felt like they kind of, in some instances, were looking for penalties, and then in other instances, they just decided not to call things. Um, so, I don't know. It felt like that, you know, and th- I think it was the right call, but that brutal call on uh, Hunter Henry for the, the chop block, that uh, that really set them back from what was potentially a touchdown drive. Um, so that hurt. But as I said, you know, as Tyler said, there were some positives. Um Cole Toner did awesome. Brian Balaga did awesome. The offensive line did awesome. They got 200 yards uh, on the ground. Uh, Herbert was pretty on fire the second and third quarter, it felt like. Uh, And then, you know, the wheels started coming off. So it just, you know, sucks that they had that offensive output to put up 30 games, uh, 30 games, 30 points uh, in Denver. They haven't done that in probably 30 games. Uh, So... You know, putting up 30 points in Denver is really good, but just that offensive output uh, was really good, and it was wasted by the secondary and everything else that happened today when it comes to coaching. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, we said it again, but uh, 
you know, CBS kept flashing the Chiron of Anthony Lynn has, you know, not Anthony Lynn himself, but the Chargers have blown 16 uh, point leads three times this year, and they did it again. Uh, so that's really just what the game was uh, from the offense uh, playing well, defense not playing well, and, um, you know, they wasted a great effort uh, from a lot of the team in Denver, and that's the game. It really was, man, and, you know, we've been saying, you know, that this team just creates new ways to lose every single week, and, you know, if you head into, you know, practice week knowing that you're going to go into Denver and rush for 200 yards, Justin Herbert is going to play very well. I know he threw two picks, but, you know, one of them was more of just a great defensive play than anything else, and, you know, you take that game 10 times out of 10, you know, especially after you rush for you know, your running backs average had like 2.2 yards per carry the week previous against the Jaguars. So, you know, this, this team, I, I don't know what it is, man. You fix one problem and another problem, you know, spouts up. It's like an endless, you know, stream of problems that they have to plug and, and you know, I thought he played the ball pretty well. I thought that pass interference call was bullshit. I don't know what the NFL expects defensive players to do when, your head around and you play make a play on the ball and you still get called for pass interference but you know this this something has to change for this defense i I personally don't think that we're going to see any coaches fired i think they're going to give this group of coaches another week to to try and maybe figure things out but if they lose to the raiders next week this season's basically over and uh i don't know what firing a coach does even at that point so uh, I guess we can move on to, to that topic of, of maybe firing coaches. You know, we, we had a long conversation about it already, but Tyler, what are, what are your thoughts about, you know, the whole firing coaches thing right now? When it comes to Lynn, you're right. There is a new, you know, there's a new way they lose every week and it's like plugging holes. If you've watched the movie Dunkirk, there's one point where they're in a ship and the water's coming up and they start shooting, you know, Germany starts shooting into the ship and there's holes and they plug it and another hole and they plug it. It's like that, except everyone drowns and Germany wins. And that's what it feels like to be a Chargers fan sometimes. And I feel like, as far as that's concerned, Lynn should go at the end of the season. Uh, if this continues to be this way, you know, no matter what the problem is, there is a problem or multiple problems. At the end of the season, he should probably go. And I've said as much on Twitter, I think he should not be coaching the Chargers next season. Um, because as much as I like the team to turn it around, and as much as I do think the team is very talented, I don't expect this to end pretty, Um, but midseason, no. And, you know, the the Chargers look good on offense. You know, they fixed their offensive line today. I don't know if they fixed it, but they looked better. Um, I think they found, you know, their their running back combo until Eckler gets back. Um, Herbert looks great. Again, as we said, Herbert looked, you know, the Chargers did great in Denver. So I don't think anything involved with the offensive side of the ball will change. Um, Special teams turned out all right. Michael Badgley did fine. KJ Hill had a nice punt return. So it all comes down to Gus Bradley for me. And I do believe that, listen, there's a good chance because the team just likes to plug a hole and then have another hole leak next week. There's a chance that the defense plays amazing next week. And then the following week, they suck. I mean, the defense could rebound, play great. And next week, it's about running backs fumbling or missed kicks. Um, But as it stands right now, you know, the big problem is, you know, if you say injuries are a problem, and they are, the offense has figured out a way. Um, because of Herbert, now because of some great running back play, and now because of some offensive line players getting back healthy, they figured out how to continue to be good and great. Um, that's a great performance today. 
in my opinion, by the Chargers. 30 points in Denver is great, even with two turnovers. Um, but the defense is yet to figure it out. And so I think if you're going to fire anybody midseason, it'll be Bradley. But again, it won't be tomorrow. It won't be this week. Um, but if the Raiders come out and just smash the Chargers and they give up another 30 points on defense, uh, you're more than welcome to fire him. And, you know, that's that. Because the Raiders, I mean, Bradley has some familiarity with the Raiders. And they don't, the Raiders don't exactly just go out and score a bunch of points on the Chargers, you know, as long as Bradley's been a coach you know, of this team. Same thing for the Chiefs, but that's that's too far down the line. Um, but if the Raiders come out and score a bunch of points, now you have a bunch of teams after the Raiders who there's a little bit of a stretch there where maybe you could stick in a defensive coordinator who can kind of figure not, or like a new defensive coordinator who can kind of figure things out or just promote someone internally. I'm sorry, they're not going to hire anybody. They're going to promote somebody midseason. Um, but you can at least put someone in there and get some easier teams to figure things out before you get to the maybe like the Patriots, the Bills, uh, the Chiefs again. So uh, keep Lynn. Stewart is safe for now, even though Stewart might be gone at the end of the season anyway. Um, Bradley's the closest thing to being hired, or excuse me, fired. It's just crazy thinking about going into the season. We were like, yeah, well, Steichen is kind of the unknown variable in all this, and Steichen and Pep Hamilton have been uh, two knowns every week, right? You know the offense is probably going to have a good game. Um, they put up 30 points, you know, again today. Uh, so... You know, it's just disappointing to see uh, Bradley seemingly kind of regress this year uh, as a defensive play caller and Lynn as kind of a situational coach, um, at least also regress. So that's been the disappointing thing for me. Um, I guess in terms of comparing this year to last year, uh, I guess what I would say is this year feels more disappointing because I legitimately think the team is better um, than it was last year. And right. Last year you had Philip Rivers starting 20 picks and you had a lot of confounds in terms of last year's performance. Uh, and you know, most of our reaction last year was like, well, okay, it's one bad linear, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean the end of the world. Um, but now it's just like, well, you know, we're seeing a lot of the same things as we did last year. And, you know, as Steven said, this kind of felt almost exactly like the Titans game uh, that happened last year at around the same time, around the same week, uh, where the Chargers just kind of end up collapsing. So that's really, um, I guess, the, the story of, of the season so far. I don't think anyone's going to get fired midseason, uh, much like you guys. Honestly, at this point, uh, I've, I've defended Bradley and Lynn for, for quite a while, but I can't really defend Bradley anymore with, you know, the these, you know, situational defenses and just the lack of ability to do anything unless Joey Bosa's on the field. That's the only time that this defense is able to do something. Uh, and you just knew when he goes down with a concussion, they can't get past Rush, and you're just leaving it up to basically a lock versus the secondary. Um, and that was what this game came down to. And the secondary, of course, like many other things this season, failed that test. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, that's just what it comes down to this year. You can honestly fire Bradley. Uh, I, I'm in agreement that I wouldn't fire Lynn until the end of the season. Um, but, yeah, that's just kind of where the season stands right now. And it's disappointing because this team is really talented and should be at least five and two. Um, but they're sitting at two and five. Yeah. It's just been 
incredibly frustrating because it seemed like last week maybe they had kind of figured it out. You know, Justin Herbert really showed some good signs in that regard. But to me, you know, this was just a, a massive defensive collapse. And, you know, Jerry Tillery came out in the second half and, you know, forced the three and out all by himself. And then after that, the pass rush was non-existent. And uh, you really saw Gus Bradley get desperate. He really did. And, you know, I don't know if anyone else saw this. We kind of talked about this earlier. But on that last drive, they had Limbaugh Joseph and Jerry Tillery rushing from the ends. And they put Uchenna and Wosu and uh, Melvin Ingram up the middle. And then they were doing some cover two looks. And so it really kind of just felt like it was a desperation move from Gus Bradley to say, you know what, like I, I need to try anything that to generate some pass rush. And, you know, he blitzed lock on a third down and they ended up converting. So it just, it, it just feels like Gus Bradley doesn't know what to do with all these injuries. It really, from the outside looking in it just, he doesn't, he's lost. And, and uh, it's just unfortunate because drew lock, you know, we were talking about if he was the worst quarterback in the division and, and he was in the first half, he looked awful. Um, and then he came out in the second half, and as soon as Philip Lindsay got that touchdown, that weirdly like gave everybody juice, and it gave Drew Locke a lot of juice. And then, you know, he was dancing on the sideline after that final touchdown, which which pissed me off. And then he was doing his little <laughs> laser pointers, which he always does. And you know, he he went from being the worst quarterback in the division to you know looking like John Elway. You know, and it, and it just it was really frustrating to watch, and and it. I'm truly at a loss for words at this defensive performance. Yeah. I don't know. I was just going to say it, it felt like they had lock uh, the whole game until they didn't. Right. And we, we talked about that touchdown giving them juice, but it was just like, to me, it, the turning point was uh, that touchdown to uh, Okwe, Okwe I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh I think that was really what turned the game because it felt like, you know, Locke makes a good throw, great catch uh, by the tight end there. And it just felt like at that point he was in a groove the rest of the game. And the Chargers have not been able to, you know, uh, take on defensively a quarterback who's in a groove. And, you know, for a couple weeks I feel like we let it slide because it's like, all right, well, they went against Brady or Mahomes or Breeze. Uh, in second halves, and and that's always a difficult task. But the last two weeks, uh, you have Minshew, who's not going to be playing for Jacksonville anymore uh, and is inactive, and you have Locke, who, you know, (laughs) looked like the worst quarterback in the AFC West through one touchdown and four picks, and, you know, as you said, he comes out slinging it uh, end of the third into the fourth, um, and that really was what change the game. So um, it's just tough to see this team, the secondary, you know, bend even worse uh, than they did to Breeze or Brady against, you know, significantly worse quarterbacks. Any thoughts, Tyler? Nah, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> N- nothing on that. I mean, if you want to move forward to something else, but otherwise, nah, I'm good. So, you know, really this, this season is kind of at a breaking point next week. I think we can all agree on that. Um, you know, to me, this Raiders game is winnable. You know, I haven't seen like a juggernaut out of the Raiders, you know, outside of Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. I still don't like think they're very good. Their defense is atrocious. And, and that kind of continued today. You know, I mean, they kind of shut down Baker, I guess, but it was so windy that you couldn't even really throw the ball at all. 
Um, So I have full confidence in the offense and I think they'll probably hit the 30 point mark again next week. But you know, is this run defense going to show up again next week or is Josh Jacobs going to run for 140 yards and two touchdowns and, and, you know, win the game by himself. So to me, the season is, is at a breaking point next week. I don't think anyone's going to get fired, but if they lose to the Raiders, I fully expect Gus Bradley to not have a job anymore. If it's because of the defense. Yes, that, that, that is fair. Yes. So I guess, I mean, honestly, even if they win next week, um, it wouldn't surprise me if Gus Bradley was gone. I mean, we saw what happened last year. They, they beat Chicago uh, in that game, which was also sort of a, a breaking point game, you know, to get back into the season. And they still fired Ken Wisenhunt because the offense was still bad in that game, right? So even if the Chargers win next week uh, and the defense looks a little bit better, but uh, you know, if it's not up to Anthony Lynn's standards, like he hasn't, you know, uh, necessarily used wins and losses as the barometer to make coaching decisions. Uh, so, you know, I, I could see him, you know, pulling a wild card, even if it is a decent game from Gus Bradley. Yeah, that's totally fair. And, you know, I would love to kind of end on a positive note. I just... I don't really know what the point is. And, you know, we're going to continue to pump out content for you guys. You know, we just launched our our YouTube channel. So, you know, we're going to continue to, you know, cover this team as best as we can. But, and and we hope that you stick with us on this ride because, you know, we're going to have fun doing this. And I I love talking about football and I know these guys love talking about football. Uh, I would love (laughs) to cover this team when they're winning though. So, you know, I'm hopeful that this team can, can turn it around. And, you know, I'm certainly not rooting for people to lose their jobs and, Um, at the end of the day, you know, Justin Herbert has really kind of reinvigorated me, at least as a Chargers fan, you know, last year was so brutal, but you know, Justin Herbert is, is, you know, the reason that I have confidence that they could even turn it around and, you know, at all. So hopefully that is the case. Hopefully they can start stringing, stringing together some wins. Uh, guys, any other thoughts before we wrap up today? That's a perfect way to say it. I mean, Justin Herbert's the reason we're all hanging in there. Um, it's the reason that I, we could here and argue that the Chargers are going to be the t- if you could argue the best team in the AFC West I don't agree with that but they did beat the Chiefs um so I don't know there is there is hope and it's kind of disgusting because I will once again more than likely waste four hours of my life where I should be studying <laughs> next week um but that's okay uh it's it's the Michael Scott quote from the office uh for me which is no question about it I'm ready to get hurt again uh and that uh that describes this Chargers team every week because you see uh, the reasons for optimism. Uh, you you see you know Herbert, Keenan, Mike Will, uh, Eckler when he gets back and and how good the offensive line looked today, how good Joey Bosa is, but it, it's the rest of the team that just seems to be uh, really a drag at this point. And you know unless you start getting better you know more complete team effort soon. Uh, it's just uh, wasted potential when we talk about how great Herbert is and how great Keenan is. So that's it for me. Um, I don't know. I, I put the confidence interval next week for the Raiders at I don't know, 30%, 35%. But it's, uh, it's definitely becoming a dire situation, and the chances of Lynn and Bradley uh, and maybe Steichen, if they decide to make a, a full coaching change next season, seem to be um, dimming that they return. 
Yeah, you know, we're, we're all fully aware of the limitations of this coaching staff. Uh, like I said, I'm not ready for anyone to get fired. You know, Lynn is a, is a great person, it seems like. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're hopeful that this thing can turn around. Um, that'll do it for us today, guys. Like I said, thank you for, for your continued support. You know, it's been a good week for us with the launch of the YouTube channel. And, and we hope that you're able to uh, stick with us through, uh, hopefully not another losing season. Hopefully they can turn it around, man. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that'll do it for us today, guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.